So this is Parasha number 45, Vayat Kanan, I Pleaded. This is Devarim, Deuteronomy 3.23 through 7.11. So we begin this parasha with Moshe's pleading with God to allow him to enter the land. And we're reminded that God hates sin. And Moshe's sin of impulsive anger cost him the privilege of living long enough to cross over with the others. He was only allowed to see the land. Now this doesn't mean that he was lost. Rather, he would have to wait until Yeshua's resurrection, taking the first fruits with him, before he would realize what those souls who are going to be saved come to know when they return to Yahweh Yeshua. We don't really know what happens there. We can only surmise. It's going to be exciting to find out, though. The entire knowledge of this we cannot know at this time. But suffice it to say, Moshe was not counted among the lost. The remainder of this parasha describes in great detail the laws of God. And interestingly, the first paragraph of chapter 4 provides the warning that we are to neither add to nor subtract from God's Torah. That's a big one. Early on, we realize there's a problem in some sects of Judaism, and that's S-E-C-T-S of Judaism, including the Orthodoxy, Conservative, Reform, Reconstructionist, and the secular humanistic Jewish movements. And let's not leave out Christianity. What do all of these have in common? Every one of them has added to or subtracted from God's Torah. Every one. The same prohibition is described in the book of Revelation. So anyone who professes to be a Christian can't say this is an Old Testament directive for Jews only. The reference is Revelation 22, 18 and 19. Also review Matthew 5, 17 through 19. And 15, 3 through 9, and Matthew 23, 1 through 4, where Yeshua rebuked the religious leaders at the time, elevating their own laws to the same level as God's law. That's what rabbinic Judaism has done, even to the point where they consider it above God's Torah. All right, we can't do that. In Christianity, the Sabbath of God has been changed. The dietary laws and designated times of God are ignored. And the God of Christianity is now considered a new and improved version, abrogating his own laws for mankind. To add to the laws of God make them burdensome, and to subtract from them is to assume a position of authority over God who made them. And this is exactly the position taken by the Catholic Church, who I talked to you about last week, we learned, are the Edomites from the line of Esau. For more information on this subject, there's a podcast by the same title, and there's an article on the website at ravdavis.org addressing the same subject. Another argument against following God's laws is they don't apply to those of us living in the present. I was talking to uh, an aunt of mine who's probably passed by now, and she was convinced the Bible was antiquated and had no place in today's society. Yahweh Yeshua is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So are his laws and instructions. And again, in Christianity, the claim is that God's laws were nailed to the cross. And this couldn't be farther from the truth of the matter. It makes no sense that God would abrogate his own laws, commands, instructions, when they were given to us to show us how he expects to relate to him and our fellow man. Why should that change? Furthermore, we go back to the scripture at the beginning of this lesson, indicating we're neither to add nor subtract from his word, found in both the Old and so-called New Testaments. Now, another scripture supporting the eternality 
or the perpetuality of his commands is found in Matthew 5, 17 and forward. And he says, don't think that I have come to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I've come not to abolish, but to complete or to fulfill. That doesn't mean to finish or abrogate. Yes, indeed, I tell you that until heaven and earth pass away, not so much as a yud or stroke, jot or tittle, will pass from the Torah. Not until everything that must happen has happened. It is unrealistic for people to expect we're going to have a good leadership until Yeshua returns. It's naive. I get so upset, and I probably should. I should be saying it really calmly, but it really ticks me off because the information is here for people to read and to study. God did not give any instructions that were not valid and didn't have purpose. There's some commands or laws that can't be fulfilled at present because we don't have a temple right now. But the concept of the commands has never changed. And we need to learn what the concept is of God's Torah and of the separate commands and instructions. To make sure the generations learn and continue to follow God's laws, we're commanded to teach our children and anyone else who inquires with interest about what it means to be a true believer. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't waste your time. If somebody's interested, truly interested, take the time to spend with them. Just the basics. We don't need a dissertation with somebody who's just asking because we'll blow them away, we'll run them off. This is why the youngest in the congregation during the Pesach celebration reads the four questions and why they're to attend the celebration of God's deliverance from Egypt that represents a sinful lifestyle. Why do you think the socialistic government is indoctrinating our children so early? That's how you break down a nation, through the children, through the churches, degenderize. So we're a bunch of pods running around who can decide our own sex from one day to the next. In chapter 419, we must understand that God is not forgiving other nations for their idol worship. He was saying that although the judgment of the nations may be delayed, it would be swift and complete for Israel because we were given much. Much is required to whom much is given. We knew and we know the laws of God. Remember this, to whom much is given, much is required. We must also be aware that idol worship means more than just keeping statues around the house. When the cycles of nature are honored in the name of pagans, gods, or goddesses, which they are now, when man determines when life begins in the womb, when man decides what is just without referring to God's Torah for the definition, when adults and children are taught that God may have made a mistake in making them male or female, there is no doubt that idolatry is at the center of all. It's known as idolizing self and becoming God. Behind laws made to allow to such abominations against God and his commands are motivated in the form of profit, position, acceptance by peers, co-workers, friends, or image. None of them has anything to do with loving and following God's Torah. And the World Health, Organi World Health Organization, I believe, uh, I read an epoch last night, has the site QChat. And kids who want to change their gender or participate in things that are against the way they were born are encouraged to go to that site sponsored by the World Health Organization and they teach them such things uh, about anal sex, uh, about protected sex, about uh, how to uh, express your identity 
as binary queer or uh, gender fluid, uh, as they call them today, and parents who are against this are actually quoted as being terrorists. You see where this is going? Moving on in scripture, we learn that God promises that we will find him if, if we search for him with all our hearts and souls. We can't be lazy about this. People who say, you know, I, I, I don't have time for that, you know, or I don't get this, it's above me. Well, it's not above you, and God's Torah says it's not above us. We better take the time while it's day. We're going to be held accountable for any laziness when it comes to learning about what God wants us to do. We can't fall into the, into the uh, degradation or the secularization of friends. When we're with our friends and our neighbors and people who start talking about how they feel about politics or what the world's doing, we can't agree. We have to agree to disagree. Otherwise, we're essentially bearing false witness, professing to be one thing and acting just like they are. So we need to be totally devoted to God, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. We have to want to know him. The acts of service and worship must be accompanied by sincere devotion, not a simple profession of faith. How tempted we are to seek guidance from everybody except God. Some of the patients come in, and I swear I feel like calling them Dr. Google because they come in with their agendas already on what they want me to do, what they think they have. They know it all. Or they're sitting there playing on the phone the whole time. And then they give a survey response on patient satisfaction that they're not happy with their provider because they don't communicate with them. Once we internalize the truth that God is the authority over all the earth and every detail of our lives, we can develop a peace given by the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, that's not like any pseudo-peace attempted through our own strength that we've ever known. There's another article in Epoch about the benefits of going outside and breathing. I mean, really? Did you ever think people would need to be taught about going outside and breathing and the benefits it has? And did you know that now rainwater isn't safe to drink anywhere in the world? It's got forever chemicals in it. They found a forever home in our rainwater, so it's not even safe to drink. That's how bad it is. And all the beaches we see every morning in the news, you can't go to the you can't go in the water because it's unsafe. The bacteria at the beach. Look what we've done. Look what we're doing. Chapter four, six, four through eleven sets the central theme of the true believer that God is to be the center of our lives in all aspects. This narrative is so important to Jews that is traditionally the first thing recited in the morning and the last thing uttered before retiring, and even as we prepare to pass from this life if given the opportunity. It's a wonderful way to have the Lord in front of our eyes, in our hearts and minds, as we begin each day and prepare for the night. Setting the stage for our days and evenings with this scripture also reinforces who God is and that we have nothing to fear if we love and obey him. Nothing to fear. Why do we get anxious? Why do we get anxious about our finances? Why do we get anxious about anything? You know, I'll share with you, uh, I'm taking a leap of faith and retiring from my secular position at the end of the year. That's kind of scary. But God will take care of us. If I wait until I think that I'm ready and, and that every, you know, you'll never be ready. 
There's a time that you got to make a command decision and run with it, right? Setting the stage for our days and evenings will give us that peace that nothing can give us except the shalom of God. Judgment will take place at God's perfect time. This is another thing. We need not be anxious about politics. I don't care if our candidates win or not. They're not going to be honest people. The world is not going to suddenly turn around and say, oh, you know, maybe this is due to our sin. They're not going to do that. Read the book for God's sake. Read the book for your sake. Let's quit falling into this. Oh, I'm optimistic that it's going to get better. Well, it will get better when he returns. All right. No level of denial. And that's what this is. When people are optimistic that society's going to change for the good, that's denial. All right. So it's denial or pointing fingers. Nothing will change what is to come for those who rebel against God and his word. Nothing's going to change it. The plan is set. If only people would turn back before day ends and the day of the Lord ensues. If only. Our Haftaraz out of Isaiah 40. Parashah Vayet Kanan is always read on the Shabbat after the ninth of Av. A Shabbat known as Shabbat Nachamu, the Shabbat of comfort. The comfort of this parashah embraces far more than the beginning verses of the Haftarah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of the Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her time of exile has been fulfilled, that her iniquity has been conciliated, for she has received from the hand of God double for all her sins. If Jerusalem is going to receive double for all her sins, what about the rest? This message of comfort is a prophecy concerning the eventual redemption and assures Israel that the destruction and exile are merely temporary phenomenon in the context of the eternal covenant. We've got to look at the big picture and stop isolating sentences or scripture that feeds our egos. Our break Kaddish is out of Mark 12, and in these verses, we're reminded of the consistency of Torah and Yeshua's interpretation and teaching of God's written Torah, not the traditions of men. Yeshua describes the most important mitzvah as the Shema, and the second as you are to love your neighbor as yourself. The Torah teacher rightly discerns that following these two commands means more than all the legalistic offerings and sacrifices. Again, the spirit of the law, or Torah observance, must come before the letter of the law, but not exclusive to the letter of the law. It's law and grace mixed together like a creamsicle. Right? It tastes so much better when it's mixed together, right? You can't get a full benefit of a creamsicle without both flavors. If one follows these two commands, they will lovingly offer sacrifices and burnt offerings to Yahweh Elohim. There's a little section I added here at the bottom, Sage's Wisdom. And love your Elohim with all your heart. What, is it, what does that mean to the rabbis? So Rashi explains that it means to love God, Yahweh, with the Yetzer Tov. That's the good inclination. And the Yetzer Hara, all right, the, the uh, evil inclination. So how do we do that? Well, when we can admit that we have sinned against God and we don't try to justify our evil actions, then we love Yahweh through our evil inclinations. Similarly, when we choose to take the action that's consistent with God's Torah over our physical and emotional desires, 
we're demonstrating our love of Yahweh Yeshua over our evil inclinations related to self. Pretty cool thought process there. Shabbat Shalom. All right, let me turn this.